the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. We welcome you into a Thursday edition of the Bruce Hooley Show. And we will be talking at the top of the show today about two incidents seemingly unrelated. They happened three weeks apart. They happened, hmm, give or take, 150 miles apart. But they are more than related. They are why one thing happens, even though it is not acknowledged by those who protest the thing that has happened. The family of a young black man held a press conference this morning in Columbus with their attorney speaking about the death of Donovan Lewis. Uh, Donovan Lewis was shot to death in the early morning hours of yesterday when an array of police officers and a canine police dog arrived at his apartment to serve a warrant. A warrant because uh, Mr. Lewis was wanted on charges of domestic violence, assault, and felony improper handling of a firearm. Now, why did the raid happen in the middle of the night? Because this is when people are most likely to be home. And someone who is presumed to have committed domestic violence, assault, and felony improper handling of a firearm, I think the police have a reasonable expectation that this individual could be a violent individual. And so if you arrive at noon to get him, you may not catch him at home, his neighbors may see you there, they may warn him later, thus alerting a violent individual to the fact that you were looking for him, thus giving him advance notice that you are coming for him, thus plausibly increasing the likelihood that you will be met with violence when you arrive to serve him the warrant. So that is why they do it in the middle of the night. Donovan Lewis was in bed when he was shot by a Columbus police officer, a white Columbus police officer. That part of the equation must be mentioned because, of course, it is similar to, in terms of the only salient facts that uh, many activists care about, it is similar to Casey Goodson's uh, shooting death and similar to... uh, one that happened uh, in before Christmas in 2021, I believe. Uh, Andre Hill. So, we had a press conference today. 
No, I know what you're thinking. No, Al Sharpton nor Ben Crump were here. But trust me, there's a race between the two of them to get here first. Because, well, there's uh, TV time available. And there's uh, potential hundreds of thousands of dollars in their pocket or their organization's pocket to be gained. And there are definitely votes to be gained because you know that because Joyce Beatty has already weighed in, your uh, congressman who represents inner city Columbus. But Bruce, you started the show by talking about two incidents, not not just the uh, shooting of Donovan Lewis. Another incident you said happened three weeks earlier and uh, 150 miles from here. You said they were related. How were they related? On August the 10th, Richmond, Indiana police officer Sierra Burton uh, was called in to provide backup on a stop of a guy riding a moped. So she showed up with her police dog, and the dog sniffed drugs either on 47-year-old Philip Matthew Lee or in the saddlebags of his moped. And when Mr. Lee became aware that the canine dog had sniffed drugs, he pulled out a gun and he fired at police officers. And he shot Sierra Burton in the head. And Sierra Burton has been fighting for her life ever since at Miami Valley Hospital in Dayton. And today, Sierra Burton will be taken off life support and transported back to Richmond, Indiana, dead at the age of 28. This is why officers are on edge when they approach suspects in the middle of the night. And suspects do not respond in the way that officers ask them to respond. The story that you are hearing and will continue to hear about the death of Donovan Lewis is that he was unarmed and in bed when police shot him. Technically, that is true. Technically, that is true. He was unarmed. Did he have anything in his hand? He had a vape pen in his bed near his hand. It's the middle of the night. They're lighting. Did, did, okay, let me go through this progressively. So his attorney today called Donovan Lewis's death senseless. I agree. I totally agree. It is senseless. He said Lewis was abiding by police commands and trying to get out of bed when the Columbus police officer fired the fatal shot. Abiding by police commands. If police knock on the door of your home, and body cam video shows this, for between 8 and 10 minutes announcing themselves as Columbus police. Open the door, Columbus police. Banging on the door, 2 a.m., middle of the night, for 8 to 10 minutes, and you do not get up and answer the door. Are you abiding by police commands? Would officers on the other side of that door, knowing that they are serving a warrant for domestic violence, assault, and felony improper handling of a firearm, be unreasonable? In assuming or considering, considering the possibility that Donovan Lewis might be taking that eight to ten minutes to heavily arm himself 
and be prepared for those officers if and when they come through the door? Would that be a reasonable consideration? Would that be something that if it were you on the other side of the door, you would be considering? It would definitely be something that I'd be considering. There were two other people in the apartment with Donovan Lewis. And they eventually opened the door. But Donovan Lewis was nowhere to be seen. He remained behind a closed bedroom door. And so police officers sent to that door a barking, angry, agitated canine police dog. And Donovan Lewis did not respond to that. They said he was, they were going to send the dog in. That's what they said. We're going to send the dog in. Now, I've been bitten by a dog. I've never been bitten by a police dog, nor do I want to be. That would cause me to immediately open the door, but it did not cause Donovan Lewis to immediately open the door. And when he did finally open the door, he nudged the door open, and then he was back in bed somehow. Okay? So I don't think he complied with instructions to open the door. And then he moved. He got up. I don't know what else he was told to do. Lay there. I don't know. You don't know. And the attorney doesn't know. And the attorney is of the opinion that there can be, quote, no question that excessive deadly force was recklessly used. How many other inflammatory adjectives can you work in there, Mr. Attorney? When he shot and killed an unarmed black man. Now, an expert, and I will say this, I don't say this very often. Kudos to Bethany Bruner of the Columbus Dispatch because she sought and received an opinion from an expert in police tactics involving police dogs. Brian Higgins is his name. He's a professor at John Jay College of Criminal Justice in New York. He has reviewed the body cam footage. And he said that officers showed sound tactics in their actions prior to the death of Donovan Lewis. A quote from the professor. It seems as if they did everything in accordance with the standard best practices today. They used the dog to lead them to the individual. There was no justification to use the dog to bite him. If you let the dog go in off lead, because the dog was still on a leash, if you let the dog go in off lead, there's a good chance the dog would bite them. That would indicate to me that they were not intending to use force or to use as little force as possible. So, two incidents. Two police officers. One is alive because he fired his weapon at a suspect who did not comply. One is dead or dying at this minute and will be transported back to Richmond, Indiana to mourning fellow officers and friends. Because when police officers show up at a call, not just at a warrant call at 2 a.m., not just at a traffic stop in the middle of the night in Richmond, Indiana, but when police show up at every single call, the slightest twitch or movement by a non-compliant suspect is a twitch or movement that could lead to their death. They all know it, but society refuses to acknowledge it. So in response to the shooting death of Donovan Lewis, a young man, 20 years old, young black man, 20 years old, 
shot in the wee hours of the morning yesterday by Columbus police as they were attempting to serve a warrant on him in his uh, bedroom. He did not come to the door. No one came to the door for eight to ten minutes that the police were knocking on the door, shouting, open the door, Columbus police, fully aware, senses uh, heightened on edge by serving a warrant on someone who was wanted for a felony mishandling of a firearm, uh, domestic violence, um, assault. A violent individual. They have the right to uh, assume the worst when they are serving a warrant on a violent individual. They had a dog outside his bedroom door after two people in the apartment finally did open the door. They kept waiting for Mr. Lewis to come out. He did not come out. He did not slightly open the door and extend both of his hands so they could see that, you know, no weapon. Instead, when the door opened, he was in his bed and he rose up and he had a vape pen in his hand. But as I say, officers, by now, 10 minutes, like 10 minutes, you're trying to get somebody to answer the door for 10 minutes. Every second that passes, the officers become more agitated about what might be happening on the other side of that door. And unfortunately, we are going to get a clear demonstration today of what lurks in the minds of every officer and a lot of times manifests itself in reality because we will have Richmond police officer um, sent back to Richmond today. Sierra Burton will be back uh, on her way to Richmond today, but not because she has recovered from the uh, gunshot wound to the head that she suffered on August the 10th while her police dog sniffed drugs on a guy riding a moped. Now, I'm not a cop. Maybe they never let their guard down. My senses wouldn't be on edge if it was just a guy on a moped. I mean, I'm figuring if you're a bad dude, you at least have a Harley. A moped? A 47? And the age, too. Like, 47 is kind of, eh. But in response to this shooting death of Donovan Lewis, uh, the Columbus Urban League will be holding a uh, Saturday morning forum to look into and talk about the death of Donovan Lewis. Public forum Saturday following the fatal shooting of 20-year-old Donovan Lewis. That's what the story in the dispatch says. The details of the forum have not yet been finalized, but Urban League President Stephanie Hightower said the shooting of Lewis shows reasons why the community demanded a civilian review board and inspector general in 2020. Quote from Stephanie Hightower. Yesterday's shooting evokes painful, conflicting responses. We understand that serving a felony warrant creates a highly volatile and dangerous situation, and yet the body camera video is as gut-wrenching as is the fact that another black man lost his life. Well, I'm sure it is. No one likes to see anyone lose their life. There is a difference when you watch someone lose their life for real or when you watch them theoretically lose their life depicted on a television show. You know the reality, and it does hit home. It is not fun to watch that video. And I understand why the Urban League would be upset by the death of another young black man. What I don't understand is why the Columbus Urban League gets upset about the death of another young black man only when the death of that young black man comes at the hands of a police officer. There's a database available to anyone who wants to read it. I googled homicides Columbus, Ohio, 
2022. And this is a very helpful database. I break it down by month. Let me go through. Let me go through the homicides in the month of August. 19-year-old black male. 21-year-old black male. Another 21-year-old black male. 25-year-old black female. 19-year-old black male. 34-year-old white male. 50-year-old white male. That's August. And also a Hispanic of unknown age. So that's five of the eight homicides in Columbus in the month of August. I would describe all of them, five of them young and black. 19, 19, excuse me, yeah, 19, 19, 21, 21, and 25. Five of them, okay? That was August. Let's check July. Just to see. 18-year-old black female. 52-year-old white male. 33-year-old black male. 40-year-old black male. 51-year-old white male. 15-year-old black male. 30-year-old black female. 39-year-old black male. 30-year-old white male. 46-year-old black male. And a Jane Doe who is white and a Jane Doe who is black, so no age. Another one, 21-year-old black male. 18-year-old black male. 23-year-old black male. 32-year-old black male. Unknown age black male. Those are a lot of young black males. Those are a lot of young black males and females. I just did two months. I did July and August. Was there an Urban League forum for any of them? Was this something that caused Stephanie Hightower to pause for a second down in her offices at the Columbus Urban League? Was this something that crossed the desk of Joyce Beatty, who I guarantee you will be here Saturday for this forum of the Urban League? Because, brother, there are votes to be gained by demonizing police in the death at the hands of a police officer. Why? I presume, I don't pretend to know, the Columbus Urban League's business, my guess from my minimal exposure to the Urban League over the years, is that it is concerned with, I would think, bettering the lives of black citizens in the city of Columbus. That's my general perception of their mission. I don't think I'm way off, maybe not even off at all. And if that is true, if they are living to their mission, why would the number of black males and young black females being shot to death in the city of Columbus not precipitate a forum the likes of which is only held until a 20-year-old black male who did not answer the door while police pounded on it for 10 minutes and had a dog barking outside his bedroom door for additional minutes. We don't know how long. Why is it only that death that sparks them to action? Is this an... And I'm sure, I was going to say, is this an intemperate question to ask? I'm quite sure in this climate that is a very intemperate question to ask because it's presumed to be racist. I would just like to know how it's how it's racist that I care more about black males than the Urban League. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.